0: We have been, over the last six weeks, well, five weeks before, we've been going through uh, a sermon series of the Holy Spirit, looking at the Spirit of God, uh, which has been wonderful. And this week we get to invite Peter, who's come all the way from Bishop Stalford. They haven't moved yet. We are very blessed to have Peter among us again, finishing our series. So let's invite him. Let's give him a warm, encouraging welcome. Whoa. Peter I'd love to pray for you. Yeah, sure. Father we thank you for this man Lord we thank you for Peter and Angela how they've been among us and blessed us Lord I pray this morning as Peter speaks Lord would you speak through him. Father I pray you'd give us open hearts for your word to to yeah to go to work on our hearts Lord we love you Jesus we welcome you. Amen.
1: Thanks very much for your welcome. It's uh, great to see you. For those of you who are not in your 50s, of course, but in their 60s like me, uh, you can be well received by Joe. And uh, you may also remember uh, a guy called Marty Feldman who had the ability, it seemed, to look in two directions at once because his eyes could go sort of both to, both to the sides. So, I felt like I might be doing a Marty Feldman impression this morning, but I don't think that's quite going to work. So it's, it's really good to be with you. Uh, I am suffering from somewhat of a cold, so forgive me if I have to stop for a drink or the throat's not quite as clear as it might normally be. Yeah, today is the last in the Holy Spirit series that you've been following the last few weeks. And I've been asked specifically to speak about the gift of prophecy. And uh, it occurred to me, just by way of a bit of amusing introduction, that sometimes we, some of you even may have had some kind of bad experiences of, of prophetic ministry maybe, uh, where something's been imposed or uh, communicated in a way that's maybe aggressive or not helpful. I've been certainly been on the receiving end of that once uh, and had to sort of very firmly you know, go like that. To, uh, to the guy that was trying to impose something upon me. Uh, but more humorously, uh, there are some signs that uh, you may be interested to have read had you seen them. One, one of them said the following, toilet out of order, please use floor below. <laughs> well, that could be misinterpreted. Um, church notice board said the following, the ladies of the church have cast off clothing of every kind and may be seen in the church basement on Friday. <laughs> Please don't follow that one. Uh, And finally, this being Easter Sunday, we will ask Mrs Lewis to come forward and lay an egg on the altar. (laughs) So, Sometimes we use words which could be misinterpreted or misapplied. Um, and of course, we know that we prophesy in part. The Bible tells us that very clearly. And so it's really important when it comes to look at the subject of prophecy, we kind of take a step back and uh, we apply filters. The scripture teaches us to do that, to hear wisely what is being offered, and hopefully it is being offered rather than tried to be imposed upon us. But do you know what? Prophecy can be such an amazing blessing because God speaks. And uh, Gary was just saying a moment ago about an example of where the Holy Spirit had just put into his head the example of the shoulder and hey presto, the person he's talking to says, oh, yeah, well, actually, I've got that at the moment. Andrew and I had exactly the same kind of thing happen to us a number of years ago. We stopped in a car park, we engaged in conversation with a couple who were there overlooking the seaside, and uh, we were just got, got into quite a conversation with them. And A ended up talking about where we were going to a particular church and why we were going there and how God does things today. Uh, and I said, So, for example, you know, God does speak, and. Um, he, he might, be say, might say to me um, that, uh, to offer to pray for you, because you, know, you might have a bad back or, or something like that, um, or, or a bad headache. And, uh, and, they, and the lady said, "Yeah, that I have." Oh, well So you see, that was another exactly similar example to Gary's, of, of God just popping something into, in that case, my head. In that case, I wasn't even aware that the Holy Spirit was doing it until she said, "Oh, yeah, that's me." and then later angela was able to pray with her in the layby and uh, so prophecy prophetic words where what we're saying is that to prophesy is really simply to hear god and pass on what he's saying and sometimes it can be kind of automatic and you don't even know what's happening but we'll we'll come back to that in a moment but it can bring breakthrough into people's lives, can bring healing into people's lives, can bring a change of circumstance into people's lives as people understand in a fresh way what God might be wanting to say to them. So I hope that you're, I know that you're already a people, some of whom are quite used to hearing God and passing it on, and we can call that prophecy. Others of you, it may be quite new to you, um, and I hope that this will help Whichever kind of situation you would put yourself in, I hope this will help you as we look at this for a few minutes today. I wanted to give you a little personal update because it's entirely relevant, as you will see, to the message that we're seeking to give. Um, Phil has kindly already referred to the fact that we live in Ipswich that of course was a prophetic word that you had there uh, because we haven't actually moved yet but we are on our way but the reason is that a few years ago first of all I had a, a dream which I felt was a dream from God it's one of the ways that God speaks to us um, I've only had maybe a handful of those in my life that so I thought oh, that was a God dream rather than just an ordinary dream um, but this I felt was a God dream and in it I was in Ipswich I was in the dream, I was in a church building that I was familiar with that belonged to the New Frontiers Church there. And I was in a Christian meeting and a voiceover came, came to me in the dream says, says, return to the place you now are. And in my heart, I knew that meant come to be with this church in Ipswich. And after I'd woken up, I spoke to Andrew about it. And her interpretation was a little bit different. It was, well, no. The place you now are is Bishop Stortford, so I don't think God's telling us to move. That wasn't what she wanted to hear either. Um, I think it's, it's, you know, go back to Bishop Stortford. I said, no, it's not, I just know that's not what it was. Anyway, we were sought to be wise, so we didn't change our lives on the base of one dream, which you could interpret in different ways, but we kind of parked it, but didn't forget it. Fast forward to the, towards the end of last year, and I'm in a, a, a leaders meeting in uh, Ipswich, uh, but by this time, the church there have moved from a relatively small building they were in that would take about 150 people into an enormous modern cinema that they've been able to buy. It's quite a story um, that uh, the main hall seats 600 and lots of other facilities with it is a massive great place in the centre of Ipswich. And I'm in this building, and this guy, at the end of our day, we, we're praying, we're in twos, and this fellow says to me, um, oh, I've got this picture coming to me for you. He said, I'm seeing white vans pulling up to a warehouse, uh, which I think represents the church you're in at the moment, um, and uh, you're loading things into the vans, and then they're just going off and being distributed. And now I see a lorry coming, uh, and you're loading stuff into that, and, and, but you're, you're going there with the lorry personally to deliver things to these other places, other churches. Um, and then he stopped and he said, oh. Now I'm seeing a much bigger lorry backing up and it's too big. The the warehouse isn't big enough to supply what you want to put in it. And so you have to move to a bigger warehouse. At this point, the hair is up on the back of my neck as I'm remembering my dream about Ipswich. Thinking, God, this is you. This is you. So we started to take it really seriously after that, as you can imagine. Fast forward a few more weeks to the earlier part of this year, and um, we uh, started to visit the Ipswich area to sort of sniff around and begin to wonder if it is, well, God, what are you saying exactly? And um, as part of that, we visited a a longboat, uh, a replica longboat in a warehouse in Woodbridge, just outside Ipswich, um, uh, by the River Deben there, uh, which some enthusiasts are building a replica, a longboat. And what you need to know is Angela is dead keen on longboats. I don't know quite why. You can ask her afterwards. But it's something she's been really keen on, has visited various ones over the years and so on. So we're there. And she's been saying to God, Lord, I can see that it seems like you're in this Ipswich thing. It's not really what I want to do if we, have, if we have to, if this is what you're saying, then that's okay, we'll do it, but it would be ever so nice if you could speak to me in a way that I would also hear and it would be personal to me. So we visit this, this place. Ten days later, I get an email from a prophetic guy in our church who, of course, knows nothing about what I've just been saying to you. Uh, and uh, I'll just read you what he said. He said, um, I was praying for you recently. I had this picture of you Jumping into a Viking longship and going underneath a big bridge, like the Orwell Bridge. And what you need to know is brackets, that is the bridge at Ipswich. I feel it's time to jump on that boat. I will leave it with you, but have held on to the word for a few weeks, but felt I should deliver it to you now. Oh, whoa, that is so specific. And I just took my laptop downstairs, put it in front of Angela in the kitchen. And she said, just read this. And she read it. And she looked up at me and she said, boom. I said, yeah, <laughs> boom. That kind of nailed it. See, prophetic prophecy can be life-changing. Um, we don't move on the base of one, little, one word, but we do want to listen very carefully to what God's saying to us and respond to it. So, you know, our house is on the market. We've agreed a sale. It hasn't been signed yet, but it looks like it will be very soon and we will be on the move next year. What is biblical prophecy? Um, We do want to be biblical, don't we, Uh, above anything else. And uh, according to the Strong's uh, publication, it says, prophecy is to foretell or predict or speak under divine inspiration. So in simple language, as I said earlier, really, it's passing on a message from God, hearing God and passing it on. And it can be really simple. I want to encourage you with this. If you're somebody that is thinking, well, gosh, I've not really stepped out in this particular gift before. Really seemingly simple things can be very, very profoundly life-changing, actually. Um, I heard a story just last week, uh, a friend of ours, who uh, his friend had received a prophetic word, which was simply this. He said, somebody had said to them, I feel like God wants you to know I love you. And you'd, if you receive that, you think, or heard somebody say that, you think, well, okay, that's not, not much of a prophetic word really, is it? I mean, we know that. Um, but you know, because the Holy Spirit was on it, this individual was profoundly impacted, spent th- more than three hours lying on the floor in the presence of God, being impacted and touched by the Holy Spirit because somebody had had the courage to say something ever so simple that they might have thought that's a bit silly to say this to you but I feel God saying I love you and as I say it some of you need to hear that yourself today so let me say to this side of the room God says to you I love you to this side of the room, God says to you, I love you. And may you receive that into your heart in whatever way is needful for you. One of the ways that God witnesses with me as to what he's doing is I tend to feel stuff. and I'm feeling it right now. He loves you. He loves you. A very simple message that can have a profound effect. At the kind of other end of the spectrum, you get in scripture in Acts chapter 11 the example of a prophet by the name of Agabus who predicted a famine over the whole Roman world. That came about sometime later. The church responded to that prophetic word by taking up an offering for people, for part of the church at the time. And uh, so it. Pr- hearing God and passing it on can be the simplest thing I love you or something kind of on a global scale at the other end of the spectrum um, which is obviously you know rather different but we don't have to kind of go for the global stuff let's begin with the simple um, and see how God leads us and speaks for this <laughs> It's worth saying that prophecy, of course, overlaps with another gift of the Spirit in the Scripture, called, which is words of knowledge. Um, God-given information about a current situation. Um, I was in the park for a walk a while back, saw a couple there, felt prompted to talk to them. Uh, as I did so, felt like one of them had probably got a migraine, so I asked them about it, or if one of them suffered from migraine. And the wife looked surprised, and said yes I do and actually I've got one now and so I was able to pray for her with her agreement uh, on the spot uh, and she said oh that feels much better so God brought a breakthrough for something very simple right some specific points that's all kind of by way of setting a scene really some specific points Um, and what time do I need to finish by Phil I've got my clock here so I can but just tell me okay fine that's fine thank you so number one and these notes will come up on the screen prophecy is for every christian in john chapter 10 uh, verse 14 we read this i'm the good shepherd i know my sheep jesus said and my sheep know me and fundamentally as christians the holy spirit lives in us we're able to hear god And if we're able to hear God, then we're also able to pass on what it is he might be saying. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, Jesus says. Verse three of the same chapter, the sheep listen to the shepherd's voice. Verse four, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. His sheep know his voice. We can all, as Christian people, know the voice of god so you can hear his voice you live in his presence he said i'm with you always he lives in you the spirit lives with you john 14 17 and will be in you so we know your bodies are temples of the holy spirit he lives inside you so it kind of makes sense doesn't it that we can all we all have the ability to hear god and if we have the ability to hear god then We could also potentially pass on things, messages he's wanted to give for the benefit of other people. If you have a Bible with you, uh, turn to Acts chapter 2 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We're going to read from both of those um, and the words will come up on the screen as well. So if you don't have a Bible with you, you can follow it there. Acts chapter 2, I'm going to read from the NIV verses 16 to 18. Um, this is what was spoken by the prophet joel in the last days god says i will pour out my spirit on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy your old men will see visions your young sorry your young men will see visions your old men will dream dreams even on my servants both men and women i will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy it's very inclusive language isn't that uh, from those verses all people, sons, daughters, young, old, men, women, they will prophesy. So there's an expectation there in Scripture that this is for all of us. This is for all of us. Uh, nobody's excluded. And we want to be biblical, um, and both personally and in church life. We want to be biblical in the way that we live. So now we'll read the verses from 1 Corinthians, which again will come up on the screen. I've had to pick out some the the relevant verses, if you like, from chapter 14 um, for the sake of our time, but obviously you can read the whole chapter uh, to get all of the verses into the context where Paul is speaking, writing to the church about their meetings together particularly. So verse 1, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. That's a challenging phrase, eagerly desire, isn't it? Um, To what extent that is true or isn't true of you and me. Especially, he says, the gift of prophecy. So that's one of the reasons we're looking at this one today. Verse 3 But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for what purpose? So this gives us the purpose of prophecy for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. And verse 12 So it is with you, since you're eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in gifts that build up the church. So that's the fourth. Purpose of prophecy that's given. There were three in verse three: strengthen, encourage, comfort, and then in verse 12 there, it verse 12 there we've got build up the church. Verses 24 to 25. Next. But if an unbeliever or someone who does not understand comes in while everybody's prophesying, so comes into a meeting, he will be convinced by all that he is a sinner and will be judged by all. And the secret of his heart will be laid bare. So he will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. (coughs) Don't we long for those times when people are amongst us and recognize the reality of God's presence in such a way, and sometimes in a personal way of God speaking to them, um, that they say, God's surely among you. And of course, that does happen already, but we know it could happen more and verse 29 to 32 two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what's said and if a revelation comes to someone who's sitting down the first speaker should stop for you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged the spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets and then verses 39 to 40. therefore my brothers be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues But everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. So the first uh, teaching point, if you like, this morning was this. Prophecy is for every Christian. We've covered that. Number two, prophecy is positive. Would be my way of trying to summarise, strengthen, encourage, comfort, Build up the church. The essence of prophecy is positive, and that's the nature of God, of course, Himself, who is encouraging. The Holy Spirit is our encourager, and so that's the feel that we should be getting. Now, the word comfort um, can is also the same word is used in in a description of the Bayer, of a particular scene in the of Tapestry, where uh, the 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 some of the soldiers in the army are being comforted by the king. And actually what the king is doing in the tapestry, he's got a, a bayonet or arrow or something, and he's sticking it up the backside of some of his troops. That's the king comforteth his people, it says. So sometimes there can be a bit of a provoking, sort of a little bit of a nudge, bit of a kick up the backside kind of thing within the prophetic. It's still encouraging. Um, it's not negative pulling people down, but it can be you know, it can it can have that sort of element to it as well, just to to make that clear. And actually, you know, the prophetic word that Paul, our friend, sent us an email earlier this year that said it's time to jump on the boat. There's a bit of a you know time to get on with it um, message in that. It was it was a provocation which which we've responded to once we got back from our summer away. Try to excel in gifts that build up the church you see the spirit of god is good god is good isn't he we've already said god is is love we know we can trust him Um, jesus said if you are her fathers know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask him he's good and it helps us to eagerly desire something if we know it's good and coming from somebody who is good so let me encourage you, are you eagerly desiring? Let me provoke you, let me kick you up the backside if necessary, are you asking God? Are you eagerly desiring? Does that describe you? Sometimes it describes me and often it hasn't described me. It's a provocation, isn't it? So, okay, am I actually eagerly desiring um, or not? Um, we were in um, Ukraine a little while ago and uh, a young woman, after one of the meetings there, came up and asked for prayer. And as soon as I began to pray for her, I got this image just came into my head of a hand holding a, a pen, a pencil, doing drawing. And I thought, oh, "What's that?" So I just described what I was seeing, and uh, she kind of looked, and it, it through through an interpreter. But it turned out that she was just about to embark on a university course. Um, for um, some kind of specialist drawing skills. Um, and uh, so she really felt God was saying to her, I we said, look, God's confirming to you, you're doing the right thing, basically. Um, and uh, the spirit of God is good, isn't it? He's encouraging and he speaks to us in ways that can be helpful. So let's eagerly desire spiritual gifts and especially number three, this is the, sp- the gift of prophecy. Um, it actually means to zealously desire. It's the word zilu in there, uh, to be eager. Um, so it's a gift to be used, um, to be eagerly prophesying. In verse 39 of 40, we read, everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. And sometimes we can, historically, I think, have emphasized the in a fitting and orderly way and forget the everything should be done bit but actually everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way, and so we, we just, let's hold those two together and make sure we're not veering one way or the other. We want God to be at work, don't we? We want to strengthen, encourage, and comfort, or sometimes provoke other people. What's our response to this? Well, let's be asking God for prophecies. You could be praying to him right now and saying god okay help me to be open i want to be ready for you to use me to bless others and strengthen them and so on um, and then be somebody who will listen um, because jesus said his sheep know his voice you can hear him number four prophecy is a gift of grace not a badge of honor um, it's unearned it's gift of grace that's the nature of gifts in scripture it's not because we kind of gain some kind of credit so that we deserve or, or merit the receipt of the gift, but rather it's the unmerited favour of God towards his people. And because of that, we can hold these things with humility. Uh, we cannot be sort of proud or arrogant about it. Oh, God spoke through me and he didn't speak through you today. You know, we don't need to do any of that, do we? Uh, we just say, Lord, yeah, we're available. Will you, will you use us to bless to bless others new believers can hear God and prophesy it's not something we earn so if you've not been a Christian terribly long it doesn't matter at all you're totally qualified if you have become a follower of Jesus his Holy Spirit has come to you he lives inside you you too can hear his voice and pass on a message that he might be giving for the encouragement of others Um, it's not conditional either on our good conduct some of you might find that a bit shocking but it is actually true that It's conditional upon the grace of God. It doesn't mean we shouldn't pursue good conduct and be godly in the way we live. Of course, that is the right thing. We want to do that, but it's not conditional upon that. So if you've had a bad day and messed up, that doesn't stop you being somebody God can use to bless somebody else the next day. Of course he can. Number five, prophecy can bring breakthrough. Surely God is among you. The Russian lady who I, who in the park who had the migraine and, and got healed on the spot tremendous tool for gospel advance um I could give you other stories but I I mustn't take too much time but um the for us of course it's it's breakthrough in terms of you yeah, jumping on the boat uh, this Viking the Viking the long ship uh it's it's a pivotal moment we've lived in Bishop's Orkford for 36 years so to move is a big deal We're not doing it lightly, but we do know God has spoken. So prophecy can bring breakthrough. Um, Number six, prophecy comes in various forms. I just wanted to get a little bit practical. So how can how does it is it that God speaks to us? Um, And actually I missed out one in my notes, which was dreams, which I have also referred to. Um, You can add that to the list. Um, But words or phrases. A phrase just comes into your head, um, so for example, we were in the Netherlands a couple of weeks ago, um, praying for a bunch of people, uh, about 50 in the room, and I looked across and saw this particular couple, my, about our age, I was going to say older couple, yeah, about my, about my age, and um, I, uh, I, just this phrase came into my head, salt and pepper. I thought, okay, God, you're wanting to say something. So I went and began to pray for them. And it was all to do with complementary gifts within their marriage and how God will want to use them together uh, to flavor, to bring spice, to spring spice, uh, and so on. And to bring preservative, the things that salt and pepper do. Um, and as the wife began to cry, I realized something's happening here. And since then, I've had some feedback to say it was really significant for them. And so such a simple little thing, salt and pepper, just this idea popped into my head as I looked at them. And God then did something through that. Um, A word or phrase that just pops into your head. Um, I was contacted a little week ago by, a few weeks ago, by a church leader in another country. And uh, he said, We've just got some, some decisions to make, so I just thought I'd just let you and Angela know so that if God gives you anything, I won't tell you what it's about, then, then please you know, let us know. And uh, just as I read his little message, um, a biblical phrase came into my head, which was, um, leave this place and go east. And uh, it wasn't a, a big spiritual experience, it was just as I read his, read, read his email, um, that's what popped into my head. Uh, and it's a scripture that God has spoken to me through 30 something years ago so I was familiar with it um, and I thought I think I ought to ought to share that with him so I just emailed him back so as soon as I read your email this is what popped into my head so I'll just leave it with you and he responded subsequently to say that's really helpful the decision we're trying to make is about the location of our Sunday meeting we we're tossing up whether we should move to the east, into the centre of the city, which is what that would mean, and the, the, the price would go skyrocketing as a result. Uh, and you know, don't worry, we won't just do it on the basis of your one word, but it does seem confirming that that's the direction God's leading us in. Little things that can mean a lot to other people. Um, so pass on what you get. Um, So that's words and phrases. Um, Secondly, thirdly, rather, it was dreams, words or phrases. Thirdly, uh, God speaks to us through pictures or sometimes movies. It might be stills. It might be movies where you kind of see it in your mind's eye. Uh, And it's easy to miss things uh, because usually what I find is that when God speaks, it's not um, a sort of mega mega strong message that i kind of hear loud and clear it's usually just something that almost floats into the mind and out again and it's to learn to recognize oh that might have been from god and if it's something i think particularly that is not like, not what you'd expect that's that's often a little indicator you think well that's not something i would have thought of then oh hang on maybe this is the holy spirit um Again, in the, uh, in the Netherlands recently, another couple, I just kind of caught my attention and there's the, the idea of a catamaran came into my head. I thought, oh, what's that come from? And I felt like God was wanting to encourage them that they bring a great stability to the context that they're in. And so that's what I shared with them. Um, a little thing, but it could mean a lot to somebody else. How else does, does God speak? Um, through unexplained feelings. Um, I was asked to pray once for a, uh, a mother and young son who was severely disabled and um, at the back of our meeting hall. And as I began to talk with, with them and began to pray, I was, I can only say I was overwhelmed with emotion in a way that is not normal. And I thought, God, what, what is going on here? I just wept. I couldn't, I just wept and I just felt like God was saying he just wants you to know how much he cares about your situation I'd love to be able to say and the little boy was prayed for and healed that's not what happened but something of the compassion of God I trust was conveyed forgive me for giving a lot of personal stories but as I prepared this I thought that's But by far the best way I can think of to try to convey in practical ways the heart of what I'm trying to get across to you is not to elevate me at all because it's, as we said earlier, it's unearned favour. It's his grace. It's not about who anybody is. It's about how God, in his wonderful loving grace, chooses to speak to us and through us. Some practical... Po- oh, sorry, number, f- number five, I think it was. An impression or idea might just come to you. Just this... I don't know how else to describe it. It might just be something like that, something that pops into your head. Uh, number six, it might be spontaneous, often can be, or it might be prepared. And let's, say, let's not think that one is more spiritual than the other. Sometimes we can elevate the spontaneous, Especially in a meeting context, and think that's somehow better than something that has been heard from God previously and prepared as something that is well communicable. Um, that's totally valid and really helpful. Um, so, if you're somebody that tends to, to you tend to hear God uh, during the week or whatever, then you think, "Oh, this this might be for a for, it might be for a Sunday." then let me encourage you to pop an email into the elders and say, "This is if you feel it's a thing for the church, I feel like this is what God's been saying, and then you can pass it on and, and then it can be considered and brought at the time that's most helpful. Um, on the spontaneous front, um, look out for what I would call, um, of fact, I think John Wimber called it, automatic mouth, where sometimes you just say something that you totally hadn't expected to say. Maybe that was Gary's experience uh, he was describing about the, sick, the, the shoulder. Um, I had an example of that some time ago now when um, I was bringing some kind of prophetic word or word of knowledge in a, in a, in a meeting and, um, and nobody was responding. I thought, hmm. Uh, and, th- and then I found myself saying, and you bought a blue dress last Tuesday. I thought, what? where did that come from? <laughs> and then a lady put her hand up and said, yeah, this is me. Oh, wow. That's, that's extraordinary. Only happened to me once, as far as I remember. Some practical pointers. Um, trust the Spirit to speak. What's, when you ask him, we're going to pray for each other shortly. Uh, when we do that, or any other time, we begin in, a, in a small group or whatever it might be, and you're saying, let's just ask God to speak. Trust him to speak. And usually usually, the first thing that comes is something that the Spirit is given, is that's our experience. And so just go with what you get. Like with when I got that email from the friend, church leader saying, "We've got a decision to make." And what popped into my head immediately was, "Leave this place and go east." It was the first thing. Um, often those things are God. Um, the other pr- next practical point, you often don't know the significance of what you're saying. So don't rule things out where it doesn't seem significant. That doesn't matter. It could be really significant to the hearer. Number three, uh, practical pointers. Don't add to it. Just say what comes. Um, Don't embroider it. Don't embellish it. Just give what you're getting and trust the Holy Spirit to speak. Just say what you see if you're seeing something. Use normal language. Let me encourage you. Thus saith the Lord, one doesn't have to start in that way. You know, let's just use, use ordinary language. Um, you don't have to interpret it. Let the receiver do that. You don't have to apply it. Um, let, let the receiver do that. Um, the Holy Spirit will help them to do that. Um, I think that's, that's really helpful. And f- last point is this prophecy is given in submission to others. This is point seven on the notes. We know that we prophesy in part. Um, I want to encourage us so that we offer and never impose uh, when we're bringing a word to somebody. Um, we don't lose control, but we do use self-control. Um, the scripture said, "The spirit of prophets are subject to the control of prophets." 1 Corinthians 14:32. So we can bring things in a meeting context when it fits. And the, and the leadership is thinking, oh yeah, that, that's really helpful now, it, can be the, it doesn't have to be when, you, when we feel the urge. No, we can, we can just have a bit of self-control, say, okay, no, I'll hold, hold it until it's gonna be the most helpful time. Uh, and that might be next week or the week after. Um, a friend of mine, Adrian, who, who's been here, I think, Adrian Horner, um, he had a word once about uh, a picture of somebody pouring over a map, and, uh, he felt God said, no, it's not for now. And he held it and held it and held it. Two years later, the Holy Spirit brought his back to his mind and said, now's the, now's the time. So okay. So he gave it, and it was for somebody called Jane. There's nobody called Jane in the church. And it turned out there was a first-time visitor there that day who said, that's me, that's me. Why did God give it to him two years in advance? I don't know. Other than it was part of his training probably to be listening to and obeying the Holy Spirit. So um, yeah, we, can u- we don't lose control. We do use self-control. Not everyone needs to speak in the context of any one meeting. Um, Is kind of part of that. You know, If five people uh, get the same kind of message from God, not all five need to, need to say it publicly, it might even be that the meeting leader kind of summarizes all five of them, brings it themselves. That Sometimes that's a good thing to do. Let the others weigh carefully. Um, That means evaluate, the NLT says, what is said. And we do that by asking these four questions. One, is it consistent with the Bible? Two, is it positive? Three, is it consistent with other accepted prophecies that have been received, weighed, and thought, yes, this is God speaking? Um, and four, does, it, does our spirit witness? Does it kind of sit well? Does it resonate? Um, so when Andrew and I had these words about going to Ipswich, we sat down with three respected couples um, that, uh, and said, look, can we share this with you? What do you make of this? and one by one, quite independent of each other, all of them said, yeah, this is God, this is God. Um, It's important to go through those kind of weighing processes. How do we respond to prophecy as we finish? Well, take it seriously. Don't despise prophecy, Scripture says, and will be the first thing in 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Don't allow any bad experiences of the past that you might have had, to cause you to despise step back from and 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 say no i'm not going to go there not going to get involved either in prophesying or in hearing and receiving prophecy let's be open to how god wants to speak to us and through us Um, secondly weigh it up maybe store it away for confirmation later uh, but assess it we've just talked briefly listed how we can do that so weigh it up secondly pray it in um, as I was in the situation of feeling like, God, this is you, you're calling us to move to Ipswich, before Angela had got to that point, a big part of my response was just to be praying, praying and say, Lord, if this is you, then please, will you touch Angela's heart too and, and herself? So, and she's happy for me to tell you this, that, so that she also comes to that place of conviction that, no, this is, this is right and we're together on it. So praying it in can be really important. And then act it out. If there's an instruction with it, then do something about it. Um, That's how we respond to prophecy. So the Spirit comes when he's invited, doesn't he? Let me encourage you to perhaps put down your bibles, pens, notebooks, whatever. And uh, shall we stand together? I'd like us to pray uh, before we pray for each other let me just put you at ease that if you're uh, not used to praying with other people at all there's no pressure on you to do that at all Um, that's fine but i trust that for most of us that will be something we'll be happy to to engage in a moment shall we pray jesus said how much more will the father give the holy spirit to those who ask to those who ask he said come to me and drink He said, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. So as we stand before him now, let me encourage you first of all to, if you need to make a decision to stop being passive about prophecy, but instead to be actively asking God, then you tell him that that's the decision you're making now in your heart. And then for all of us, we can hopefully be saying to God, um, "Will you asking Him really to, to use you, to bless others with prophecy, telling God that that's what you want? Maybe asking Him to increase your desire. Again, they give, give you a moment to, to make that your prayer. In scripture, there's, there's something called impartation where the apostle Paul writes to the Romans and says he wants to come to them that he may impart some spiritual gift. And in 1 Timothy, Paul writes to him and says, your gift that was given you through a prophetic message when the elders laid their hands on you. So there is an impartation, and I want to ask God for some of that this morning. So if you're wanting to receive uh a gift of the ability to bring prophecy either for the first time or in greater measure, then why don't you hold your hands out before God and I'm going to ask him to come. Jesus, thank you that you give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Thank you so much that receiving your gifts is not about our behavior or performance it's not about our achievement it's about your grace your undeserved favor towards us and so therefore I confidently ask you now to pour out your spirit on these dear people again and to impart fresh grace fresh gifts of the spirit fresh anointing in the prophetic gift and ministry specifically we ask for today in jesus name